there's always what came before as well. And it's more of Starfleet. It's more of the final frontier. And that, to me, I will take padded seasons. I will take drawn-out stories if it means we still have the final frontier. I know that soundbite's going to come back. Someone's going to record that soundbite. It's like, well, he says he'll just take any old nonsense. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Conversation. I'm your host, Brandon T. McClure, your guide on this journey through your favorite podcaster's fandoms. Fumbled my way through that one, but I'm going to keep it. That's the take. This is a fandom conversation show where I interview other podcasters about their journey through fandom spaces. I hope you're enjoying the season so far. I know I am. Uh, once again, thank you to Kyle Andre from the Dragon Ball Super Dope podcast for being on the second episode. I'm really happy with how that episode turned out, and I hope uh, my audience is too. I'm sorry, by the way, for all the popping noises in last week's episode. Uh, I've got a pop filter now, so I hope that helps. Uh, only took me seven years as a podcaster. Better late than never. A couple of things to get into before we get into this week's guest, if you don't mind. Uh, don't worry, like last time, I'll plug my stuff at the end. But uh, please make sure to rate us on your podcatcher of choice and uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, the link is in the description. Uh, you can also follow us at FakeNerdPod on Instagram, where we upload updates for um, all the shows. Our website is down, by the way. Uh, the FakeNerdPodcast.com website. Um, the server was hacked, so you unfortunately can't access the show or any show through our website. I am working to get it back, uh, hopefully... I can soon, but you know, stay tuned for updates on that. If you'd like to be a part of the show, please reach out to me through my socials or email at conversationpod at gmail.com. Look, I'm always thinking ahead, uh, so I need guests for next season. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it already, but I am planning a third season, uh, and I need guests. So if you're interested, please uh, email me or find me on my socials, BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter, or conversation, which is linked below. Now, I'll talk about the guest. You are all here to hear. That's a weird way to phrase that. It, look, if you're in the Star Trek fandom, then it's likely you know who my guest is. Sean Farrick from Trek Culture and the Clone Star Podcast joins me today to talk about all sorts of things related to his journey in the Star Trek fandom. And, you know, sci-fi in general, but we, we kind of stay focused uh, around Star Trek. I had a great time talking to him. He's an incredibly lovely guy. Uh, he's way out of my league, professionally speaking, uh, so I'm eternally grateful I got the chance to interview him. I am, of course, grateful that anybody comes on the show, um, not to discredit any guests that I've had or will have in the future. Um, but look, you know, Sean is a busy guy. He, uh, he, he probably gets hundreds of DMs, and I was very grateful that he responded to me. I was, I was about to call it on this season. I say it in this episode. I was about to call it on this season, I just wasn't going to upload it. But, well, I mean, I was going to... I had interviewed... I had already recorded interviews, the first two interviews you heard. And I was going to upload those, and I was just going to call it a day. And then he, uh... He, he messaged me back. So I'm really grateful that he did, or else 
we wouldn't have as many episodes as I did, or even be planning a third season. So again, thank you, Sean, and um, thank you, people listening to the show and coming back for the season. Um, yeah, onwards and upwards. Like the past few episodes, though, I did interview him last year in 2022. Um, it, it, look, if you're listening to this in the future, this is 2023. So, but so further in the past, 2022. Um, however, there are not a lot of updates you'd need to keep in mind. We do talk a fair bit about um, anticipating Star Trek Lower Deck season three, though. Obviously, that's out now, and uh, we're anticipating season four. So the cycle continues. Actually, currently, Strange New Worlds, Season 2. God, I'm excited for that. I do get a little personal towards the end, as I mentioned up top a, a little bit earlier. Um, I, I find podcasts to be a pretty vulnerable place, space. I don't know which word would be better, um, even though I probably shouldn't. Like, I, I can't have a heart-to-heart with my friends anymore. I just, I just don't have the mental capability to do that anymore. Uh, but I'll certainly do it when the cameras are on and the microphones are on. Like, I did it on the podcast two weeks ago. I flat out told my friends that I felt like they were dismissing my opinion. I can't do that to their face. But for whatever reason, I could do that to their digital face. You guys don't care. Look, I have no idea why that is. Uh, I talk a bit about the struggle of getting the season made uh, towards the end of this of this interview. Those early interviews, these early interviews, I think this is the last interview. Uh, my dad was alive for, uh, you know, my dad was pretty old, not to get too much into it, but, uh, he passed away since this interview had, has taken place a couple months later, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a difficult time getting the season made, and even after he passed, it was a difficult time, but I was determined to get it done, and look where we are now. That's enough of that. Uh, again, though, I should say thank you again, Sean, for coming on, and to, uh, and thank you to the audience for listening to this. I hope you enjoy it. I'm a bit more rambly today. I apologize. I haven't slept all month. Okay, well, that's everything uh, I need to say before we get into this. Uh, I had a great time talking to Sean. And, uh, you know, make sure to, f- to stick around to find his socials. Uh, they are linked below. Okay, well, look, that's enough from me. So without further ado, please enjoy my interview with Sean Farrick from Trek Culture and the Clone Star Podcast. Right, I'm here with Sean Farrick of Trek Culture fame. Uh, how are you, sir? I am very well. Reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Um, delighted to say. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say on the record, thank you. I've, I've said to this many times, but just on the record, thank you so much for doing this. I greatly appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Um, uh, it's just, it's, it's so nice to get these kind of invites. So thank you. Of course. Thank you. Of course. Um, so why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, okay, well, so uh, yes, as as Brennan, as you've said, uh, I am Sean Farrick. I uh, I work primarily with Trek Culture. I'm delighted to say. So we are we're a fairly large YouTube channel dedicated to all things Star Trek. Um, we also have a website as well, and I'm also a co-host on the Clone Star Pod, uh, which has been wonderful because we get to talk to lovely people. Um, I have been a Trekkie since I am told two. Uh, I think that's uh, so. I am no longer two. But uh, yeah, so I've been a Trekkie for a while now, um, and it's entirely my dad's fault. Um, so every, th- every every time you ever see me going off on a Trek rant or something online, just know that it's my father's fault. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure something he's just going to be like, Sean, could you please stop blaming me for how much you go on about Star Trek? To which I will always say, no. <laughs> um, 
and yeah, a, a couple of years ago, uh, just before the apocalypse hit, um, I got chatting to the people from Trek Culture. They were looking for contributors, and I said, I mean, I have a frankly dangerous amount of Trek knowledge in my head. Would you like to do something with it? And they said yes, and a couple of years later, here we are. Um, awesome. and, and it's great as well, because in that time as well, CBS were just like, instead of one new Star Trek, how about all of the new Star Treks? And so there's been so much to talk about for the last while. Yeah, we. I did this... Um... So I, I don't know how much of my network you, you know, are you familiar with, but um, under the Fake Nerd podcast or a bunch of other shows, this being the conversation being one of them, uh, and we do a show called Fake Nerds Watch, where uh, I begged my I begged people, I'm the only Star Trek fan on the podcast. So I was like, I said to my other friends, I was like, I was like, I need someone to do a Star Trek watch show with me because I can't I can't not be talking about these Star Trek shows anymore. Um, and, and of course they all went well of course because we know how wonderful Star Trek is and we would love to watch it with you right? Yes of course well, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually one of them one of them Strange New Worlds uh, has converted them almost uh, into a Trekkie which, is, which has been really fun to see I love that, I love it we actually we, we had a conversation there with someone during the week who had worked on the animated series and the next generation and you know, so we asked the question, you know, how do you feel? And without missing a breath, they said Strange New Worlds is one of the best things to have the Star Trek name on it since you know, since day one, to which I completely agree with. Now, um, just before we, we started recording, uh, Brian, I'm going to absolutely name and shame you here for a second. Uh, you told me that you haven't watched this week's episode of Strange New Worlds yet, and I just, I mean, like, yeah, I was lured here under false pretenses. I thought this is going to be a breakdown <laughs> of this week's episode. No, um, I am, I am genuinely upset that we've only one episode left in this season. Because me that's too. How <laughs> me too. I was about halfway through, about five episodes through. I was like, "Oh shit, we're already halfway done." I know. I'm not ready. I, like I, I, I appreciate because they've done a smaller. Because this is something that comes up an awful lot: is does the shorter runtime of the modern seasons does it help the shows? Uh, you have. Obviously, Lower Decks, 10 episodes a season. Strange mm-hmm. Worlds, 10 episodes a season. Um, I I think, I, I, I'm going to say yes, it is helping them because they have to consolidate all of their efforts on a smaller number of stories. When, if you go and look at, I mean, even, let's take one of the greatest of them all, TNG. And I say this with love. There's a lot of filler mm-hmm. in TNG because you had 26 episode seasons. You kind of, you had the room. That's not to say that every episode that, you know, I'm calling filler is bad. It isn't. It just, you know, if I only had 10 episodes in this season, would I have made uh, something is faded to it? I, I, I don't know. Uh, force of nature. You know, would I have made that if I only had 10 hours? Um, and of course I would, in case the larger force of nature is the thing. So in Strange New Worlds, uh, which has been generally well received, there will always be. Um, there will always be people who will be like, don't like it, it's not my daddy's track, it's not my mommy's track, you know, that's fine, that's absolutely right. No one has to like any of these shows. Yeah. That, 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 that is something you, you might have to remind people sometimes, is that nobody is standing behind you with a scythe going, you will watch and enjoy this. Exactly. Or I might, but I mean, nobody else is doing that. <laughs> sure. I kind of think, I think about like Strange New Worlds, though, it looks like there's the just to kind of 
get into a little bit, but like there's, there's people who are there's people who are so devout in their hatred for what for what they call new track or Kurtzman track or whatever that they won't even give Strange New Worlds a chance. And I gotta say, like Strange New Worlds is the show that they've been asking for since Discovery. One, I couldn't agree more. Um, when when Discovery came out, so here's here's my own little journey. When Discovery came out, I was just so happy that we had new Star Trek again. You know, it was brilliant with episodic television. And and I did. I, I was I, I was not gonna lie, like when I saw the first trailer, I was like, okay, okay, we've gone with a different style here for Star Trek, okay. And and it did take me a little while to kind of settle into Discovery style. And in that while, I vividly had the conversations of going, you know, miss episodic you know I, I i do miss that sort of more upbeat uh version of the future because i thought and still think that we've had enough depictions of a dark dystopian future at this point uh, i i would like to see some more you know uh you know some more positive outlook which is what we're getting in strange new worlds and so then so, so it sounds like you know that the, the the makers you know Kurtzman Akiva Goldsman um Shepardis, you know they're all sitting there going like well we actually are listening to this feedback and I seriously hope someone's giving them a hug when they're hearing some of this feedback because I mean I, I will say this right now look love the shows or hate the shows don't go after the people who make them don't yeah. don't do that um you are absolutely entitled to not like them Oh, they're coming after us! They're coming after us! No, um, <laughs> I, have, I have an airport nearby. It's the first, time, it's the loudest plane I've ever heard. Oh my! Oh my God! Right, it's like okay, I, 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 right. I'll, I'll hurry up the point. Got, got to get loud and clear. No, but I mean, just you know, if if you struggle with uh, a version of Star Trek, if you struggle with storylines, absolutely fine. You are, like I said, you are not under any obligation to enjoy or like any of these shows. But don't go after people. You know, don't don't do that. The amount of silly abuse you see online. Now, I see silly. I mean, it can be quite damaging. But I'm going to say silly because it's coming from this silly people uh, putting this abuse out online. It's just like that is completely antithetical for what you're looking for. I mean, you want a utopia future. You want you know this this this. It's like well, your actions are not going to get us there. Uh, and it wasn't, I can tell you this, it wasn't the dissenters and it wasn't the people screaming that got Strange New Worlds greenlit. It was all the people that said we loved Anson Mount. It's the people that said we loved Ethan Peck and we loved Rebecca Romain because, I mean, when they came along in season two of Discovery, still in the Discovery method of telling stories, I mean, it was just like, oh, wow, you've, you've hit the nail on the head here. This is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'm, I'm so happy to see the positivity of the reaction to those was heard and picked up on and a show was greenlit because of it. I mean, you know, it gives me ups and downs to do every week. So thanks very much, everyone. But <laughs> but also, you know, it's just like, that's great. We get another version. Don't want Discovery. No, problem. go and watch Stranger Worlds. I promise you, it is what you were saying you wanted when Discovery came out. Uh, plus, I mean, it's episodic. So we've had something like nine episodes and nine different genres so far as well. Again, not, I won't talk too much about this. It's a good one. I will say it. I, I enjoyed I'm this episode as well. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been great. Like, you know, like one week we have a comedy, then we have drama, we have thriller. Uh, with um, uh, the 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 name is actually escaping me now for a second. But basically, the submarine episode. Yeah, uh, that was like excellent. Kind of, you know, this is weird. and yet still, the story is advancing. So you still have the people who do like serialized stories, and I do like serialized stories. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, 
Dominion War arc way. Um, but uh, it's also like, I do like the standalone as well. TNG way, yeah. you know, so take it all the boxes. Yeah, I, I think that the that with Discovery's issue, I talk about, I kind of rag on Discovery a lot on the show that I just mentioned, which is Pickford's Watch. And I don't mean to, but they're like, we're not going to get something like the Elysium Kingdom in Discovery. That's not the kind of show Discovery is. Um, and I kind of wish that we would. I wish that Discovery would allow itself to have more fun. But I think you're absolutely right that they are listening to people because that's the, I mean, that's honestly the primary reason why they shunted the show off into the 32nd century. They're like, okay, you, you don't think we fit in canon? Okay, we don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're so right. Um, and plus, we were only just talking about this recently, that first episode of uh, season three, where you have Burnham is basically on her own with uh, Book, uh, you know, kind of this 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 missing year. Uh, City Call Martin Green is hilarious in that episode. It's probably the closest to a comedy episode of Discovery that certainly we've got so far. Yeah. Um, I I do as as it stands. I do agree with you. I don't think we're going to get an Elysian Kingdom episode of Discovery. Um, as you say, I, it's so far it's not the show for that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I I do think is a little bit of a shame. Um, I think any show. Okay, I'll finish my sentence and then I'm going to correct myself. But I okay. was any show that just is so, you know, it takes this fantasy setting and just takes it so far, far more seriously than perhaps we would, like, can struggle. Now, Battlestar Galactica absolutely nailed doing, you know, really, really serious in a fantasy setting. So actually, all right, no, it does it does work from time to time. Um, I would like to see... Uh, in season five of Discovery, which I believe as of recording has just gone into production, um, mm-hmm. which I'm happy to hear, um, more character-driven stories. Uh, I think that's that's my struggle with Discovery. Has that it's been the overarching plot, it's been the big picture, and we've sacrificed the little picture. Something that Strange New Worlds has absolutely nailed is that I know every one of the characters on Strange New Worlds really, really well. Whereas we're still four seasons in and there's things I don't know about, you know, Reese. There's things I don't know about um, Detmer, you know, things I would yeah. like to know, things I think would benefit the show. So I am but a humble talking voice on the internet. I do enjoy Discovery. Uh, mother of God, has it done things for the visuals for Star Trek. Like, it's a very pretty show. It is a very pretty show. I, I remember I was sitting there with my buddy uh, when um, Vulcan Hello and Battle of Binary Stars dropped. And we're like, oh, granted, we'd seen the trailer, so we, you know, we had something an idea. And then when they find the 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 beacon, we're like, mm-hmm. this is motion picture kind of stuff. Like this yeah. is this is like you know kind of like you know TNG is beautiful, but it doesn't have that an awful lot, does it? You know, and it does. It looks fantastic. It made Star Trek look expensive again. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think the the last time I felt that way was um, going back to the dominion war honestly like i think deep space nine when they had like the big wars they really pulled out all the stops but like i never saw something i didn't see the tv shows pull out something like discovery did and discovery continues to impress me with how pretty it is i agree the entire fourth season um i thought like my you know so i'll get my critique out of the way i struggled again with oh the galaxy is going to be destroyed <laughs> i was i was actually uh, funny if and uh destination star trek london 2021 um, a lot of the Discovery stars were there and they're very, very gracious with their time. And I remember talking to Wilson Cruz and, you know, I was like, yeah, thank you very much, enjoy the show. 
And at this point, the trailer for season four had dropped and it was another galaxy ending uh, threat. And I said, well, do you ever just get tired? Do you ever just like, want to do a Riza episode? Or, you know, kind of like, let, let's see what the Ferengi are up to. And he just burst out laughing. He says, no, 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 just, we enjoy it. I hear you, but we, we do enjoy it, don't worry. I was like, do you not just want a week off? You know, it's like, you know, kind of, here's the, you know, the episode where Discovery has shortly, you know. Right, we gotta, we got to save the galaxy again, really. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, is, is there no other ship? Just give us a bit of time. As I, as I, as I do this, I, I realize this is audio only, but I've got the two Discoveries. I've got the original and A sitting behind me. Um, I, again, but season four looked amazing. Season four, I think I really liked because it started to push the philosophy and the exploration mm-hmm. kind of up to the front again. So my critique about character aside, I loved the idea of the 10 C that, yeah. you know, here, here are a race where we don't have the universal translator, you know, on hand, you know, we do have to, I mean, everything has been a big, massive misunderstanding. Uh, which is, I thought, pure Star Trek. You know, awful as the things that have happened are, it's it was there was no malice behind it, which I think is pure. I mean, that that's that's original series type storytelling, yeah. you know. Um, and then, but the point being that when we finally see the Ten C, it's just like, oh my god! I'd say if if Gene Roddenberry was still alive today, you know, like that can't be my show. That's right. not. A- yeah, yeah. There's no way. I mean, we had Space Amoeba, which did look good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, fantastic, fantastic looking show. Yeah, I just remember the, the ending of the season and the Starbase just warps through. And, and then you see it past the moon. It's like, this is a very pretty show. Yeah. I, I know. It, it, this is for all those people who, you know, kind of had little models or something of Space Dock and used to use that to just fling it across the room, which... I definitely have never done. I'm oh, never sure, of course. Again. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, you know, Space Talk is a big ship. Okay, so um, so you said you've been a Star Trek fan since about two. Um, what, what what were you doing before you did Trek Culture? Before I did Trek Culture, I was, I was in a, a slightly more mainstream type job. I was working mm-hmm. in, I, I kind of stumbled into a job in marketing, uh, which uh, a very good friend of mine, Got, got me the job in 2015 and I managed to not get fired until 2020 so taking that as a win okay, um, good job yeah thank you thank you very much yeah um, and there was not a thing wrong with it but the fact that I hadn't you know this wasn't my career path meant I was always kind of on the lookout for something else and mm-hmm. you know so when I was I was I was a fan of what culture uh, I'd say for about a year before I saw the 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 invitation for people to come and join what would become Trek culture. I was watching a video one day and Adam Cleary at the end of it says, you know, any Trekkies out there are sure any broke the keyboard trying to type fast enough. Um, but, uh, but before that, all of my, um, my interest in Trek was slightly insular because I only really joined, for example, like things like Twitter and stuff where I'd had an account since 2010 because didn't we all, but I only started using it really once again the apocalypse landed, and suddenly there was this massive community of Trekkies. Whereas before that, I hadn't experienced that. I hadn't, I hadn't really met very many. Uh, I certainly had some friends who were Trekkies as well, uh, and you all know who you are because you've had to listen to me for the last few years. Um, and so, uh, but like I, I, I remember um, two thousand and two. Uh, buddy of mine, the same guy actually I watched Vulcan Hello and Battle of the Binary Stars with uh, mm-hmm. 
one of my best friends, Darren, we went to see Star Trek Nemesis together. And we were like, kind of like, now, oh, are you a Trekkie? Are you a Trekkie? Oh, <laughs> Star Trek would be cool, yeah. Uh, you could imagine how we felt walking out of the cinema. Like, yeah. What was that? Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and so that was it. So, you know, my, my, my Trek obsession uh, actually was being fed by Eagle Moss as well. So you can see, obviously, the, the models point because that started up in, I think it was 2013. I get, so, I get, I get Eagle Moss. Love it. Holding yeah. a Battlestar Galactica there. Yes, we love that. I, 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 I did dip into the Galactica collection as well. I just don't like having money. That's, that's what No, for real. Yeah. Yeah. I will never own a home, but I have so many models. You know, you can't just balance it up that way. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that's where my, my kind of obsession went, my, my, God, God, my poor partner for a long time. It's just like, you realize we don't have room for these. I'm just like, <laughs> I've bought four more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have an office space um, in my 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 last place. We, we used to live in a studio apartment, my, my partner and I, and um, no room for anything. And then now I have my own office space and I still have no room for anything, but at least it's my space to have no room in. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, I, they, you can say no, further, no fairer than that, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Okay, so so that so you just kind of lucked into Trek culture essentially. You just kind of were like, "Hey, I want to. I, I I know I know everything about Star Trek. I have multiple Star Trek uniforms and tons of Eagle Moss stuff. Let's let's do this." Uh, I I mean, it, it, it's funny. Sounds simple, kinda. Um, so what I was so I, I sent in the uh, the application, which was basically you know, so you think you can write write us uh, an article. And, you know, see how it, you know, we'll see if you get our style, basically, because there's, mm -hmm. you know, this it's one thing having all this technology. You have to be able to write as well. Uh, so I did that um, and it was thankfully it was well received. And so they said, right, we, we would like to publish this. Go and have another pass at it. You know, go mm -hmm. and tidy it up. And ashamed to say there's plenty of grammatical errors, things like that. And, you know, basically go and have another go at that, you know, see what you do. So, so I did that and the, they published it. And, Thankfully, it was well received, and then because it did well, they said, "Would you like to do another one?" I said, "Yes." And, and so, for the first few months of 2020, it was very much, a, you know, you pitch to us. We'll see if we like the idea. If we do like the idea, go ahead and write it. If we don't like the idea, right? Um, first of April, 2020. Um, unfortunately, COVID hit my my main job, my salary mm -hmm. job. And I was one of quite a few people who were laid off. And it was, and it was one of those things, kind of saw the writing on the wall for, you know, a couple of weeks before it came. So when the call came through, it wasn't as much of a shock as, as we thought. Yeah. Same thing happened to me. And my, um, my boss walked in. I used to work at a, I used to work at a film development lab um, oh, wow. over in, in, in uh, Burbank. Uh, I don't know if you know where Burbank is, but. Um... I actually do. I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, over, and it's a great job. I loved it. I did it for like four years. Um, and I was, um, but like the work started to slow down. This pandemic was getting a little out of hand. People, studios were closing, and studios are where we made our money because we developed the film stock for for movies. And my boss walked in and goes, "You know, we're just we're not going to fire you yet, but we need. We, you probably shouldn't come in next, tomorrow." And I was like, "Yeah, I thought this was coming." It, it's now, like, now luckily they kept me on for a while as they waited they wanted they were like we're gonna we're gonna get back we're gonna get back to this and so they kept me on for a while so i had the health insurance but after a while they were like no we're not it's not happening no i was uh i'm i i must say 
um, I, I know every single every single country handled uh, or didn't handle everything, you know, well, not well. Um, I live in Ireland. I thankfully uh, there was a system put in place where it was effectively like a, like a, we call it the dole, um, where it's it's basically your out of work payment. Yeah. Um, no, be, uh, is it benefits? Unemployment. 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 Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, now you say that, that makes way more sense. Yes, and basically it was for people who had been laid off, not fired, but laid off, could then have access to this so they could still keep paying their bills. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully my partner wasn't laid off. Uh, so, you know, we were we were grand. But suddenly I found myself with so much more time. Uh, and I was like, I, try culture, you know, just, just put this out there. I, you know, if you want, I can do more now than I did before. And this was just after Picard season one, and we were coming up to Lower Decks season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, you know, they had done the ups and downs. Adam had done the ups and downs for Picard. And he was getting busier and busier and busier. And so uh, our wonderful uh, editor, Chris, said to me, when we like, would you be able to maybe step in every now and again? Uh, I'm sure he knew full well every now and again meant every Thursday from now until eternity. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, thank you so much. Yes, I would love this opportunity. Uh, and it's funny, my, my, my very first ups and downs, it's the second episode of Lower Deck. I mean, to say deer in headlights. Yeah. It was like, hello, I'm Sean, and welcome to Track Culture. It's my very first, I'd never done anything uh, before. Uh, like, now now you can do the ups and downs, because... Everything is much tighter, much easier run now. You can kind of do the filming side of ups and downs in you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half. Uh, seven hours that one took me wow. for a 20-minute episode of Star Trek. Although I will say, and Mike McMahon, if you're ever listening to this, you know what you do. The amount of Easter eggs they cram into every single frame. It's not even seen. It's like you have to freeze frame lower decks more so than any of the others. Although... People might quite remember that last week. I probably should have done that with Strange New Worlds because I missed a fairly large Easter egg in last week's episode. Yeah, look, I did too. Okay. I missed the same Easter egg. <laughs> Phew. Okay, right. I feel slightly better. Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, It's funny that you say that because Lower Decks is actually where I fell in love with the new Star Trek shows because I struggled with Discovery and I got I started watching Picard because, well, it's Picard. I was like, hell yeah, I'm not missing this. Um, I didn't like that first season of Picard. And then uh, Lower Decks dropped, and I was like, oh, this is very good. I think Lower Decks, well, it's it's funny to think about it now, but I think we were all just like, what is this show going to be? We haven't yeah. animated Star Trek since the 1970s. Will it work? You know, will this be just some... Yeah, because I, I remember at the time going like, oh, one of the writers off Rick and Morty? Well, uh, you know, and I love Rick and Morty, but, you know, will this work with Star Trek? And then that first, I think it's the opening, the cold open was released ahead of time and i was just like because we had seen the cerritos and because again it's funny thinking back on this but at the time i was like oh that's a very different looking ship well that's i i I could see the next gen influence on it that's very different but but then it was like then space talk was released and i was Mm -hmm. like oh maybe oh maybe they also like star trek the people who are making these shows oh oh hold on now and then watched it and just I, the amount of times I've watched that first episode over and over and over. And, you know, Lower Decks, um, 
I, I, it's not that I think Lower Decks is the reason we have Strange New Worlds, is the reason we have these. I, I think it helped. I think a lot of people who struggled with, like I said, with Discovery, with Picard, and would have been, you know, stuck for something else to cling on to, uh, <laughs> my, um, were suddenly offered, here's, here's the lighter Star Trek that you want. Yeah. You know, here's the comedy that's been missing for a lot longer than Discovery and Picard, in fairness. Mm-hmm. And and like that, here is all of the, I certainly felt, there was a, here's all the Easter eggs so that the people who've been fans forever and ever and ever will see that and they'll get the joke. And it might not necessarily be a joke, but they'll get the fact, oh, there's a picture of Enres in the back of that, you know, in the back of that thing. You know, kind of like, oh, look, it's the same guy that Arix was, you know, things like this. Um, and and it sort of, I think, helped certainly help bridge the gap between between seasons of course it's very much an excellent show on its own yeah. but it very much helps you know kind of go like oh wait no now we don't have let's say 10 weeks of nothing while we sit and we simmer on how much we didn't like this and we didn't like that and i was like it's got do you know what I think? It, it's kind of like cbs's way of politely going oh stop taking everything so seriously but yeah yeah there you go here's there you go she's cut his leg with a bat left have a laugh come on it's fine um, yeah. and, and I love it. I'm sad that we don't have a date for season three yet. I'm very sad. I I wasn't expecting a reply because the man is busy, but I, I tweeted Mike McMahon the other day. I was like, Michael, man, now, when, when is season three? With one episode left of Strange New Worlds, when are we going to get uh, season three? Um, I'm, I'm sure his response is just lost in subspace. Um, sure, absolutely. I, my, this might age terribly badly, but I suspect we'll get Lower Deck season three Prodigy Season 1 Part 2, Picard Season 3, Discovery Season 5. I think we'll get it in that order. I don't. Th- I actually think the same thing, except I don't think we're getting Discovery until after Strange New Worlds 2, because that's already done filming. You're right, actually. Actually, yes, because I think it was, was it Christina Chong uh, tweeted the other day something like, we've just wrapped production. So, yeah. Whereas obviously Discovery's only just started. Um, so, yeah, you, actually, I think you, you, might, you might be right. Um, now, any excuse for more Stranger Worlds? Like, bump it up. I mean, not saying I don't want to watch the other shows, but if you want to give me season two straight away, I will take it. You want to give me season three straight away? Like, I'll take it. I don't care that you haven't filmed it yet. Listen, be grand. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, how did you interact with your fandom? Because you talked about how you didn't really have a Twitter. You, you like, had a Twitter account, but you didn't really use it that much until you started, until the, the, the apocalypse, as you said, happened. Um, yeah. Well, how did you interact with fandom in general? Did you just kind of like... This is, this is Star Trek. I like Star Trek, and I keep this internalized, and I don't really externalize it. Um, there, there, well, there was definitely a lot of that, because I'm, I'm sure every Trekkie who hears this will identify with this in some way, because there's a one where you're just like, people are going to say I'm weird, sure. you know? So, and and people did. Uh, ha, who's laughing now? <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, in, in school, uh, you know, like, I was, I, I was... I was blessed with the friends that I had, uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, you... You, I mean, we were wearing school uniforms anyway, but you wouldn't have walked in with your I Love Spock t-shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, it was... Um, you know, to the Irish people listening to this right now, I went to a school in Tala, in Dublin. You didn't stand out. You, you yeah. did your very best to not stand out. Um, I won't name it because it wasn't a bad school by any means. And then went to college, and in college I started to... Uh, university, sorry, I started to meet more people who were openly Trekkies. You know, you kind of meet down by the bleachers going like, oh, yeah, it's just the Enterprise... <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you know, just it's not real Trek 
yes, I was one of those people. I, I have held my hands up before. I will do it again. For a while, I was an enterprise denier. Wait, uh, really? I know, I know. I was an idiot. Brandon. That's funny. I was, because it was... It had come along... What was I? I was about... I was born in 88. It came along in 2001. So I was 13 mm-hmm. when uh, Enterprise dropped. I'm sure I thought I knew everything about Star Trek, of course. I knew a fraction then of what I know now. Uh, even then, probably still too much for a 13-year-old to know. But anyway, <laughs> um, and then Enterprise came along and, you know, I was like, oh, it's all CGI. Even though CGI has actually aged very well for Enterprise. And then I was like, oh, you know, it's all stories, you know, kind of what we've seen before. Aliens we're not supposed to meet yet. And... I checked out at the end of season two. So, yes, unfortunately, you can throw my name on the pile of people who uh, contributed to the cancellation of Enterprise, unfortunately, considering I talk about so much about how much I'd like a season five now. I was like, well, Sean, now, now. <laughs> uh, and it was, it was quite, it was, I think, J.J. Abrams' films came and went. I don't think it was as late as 2016 that I went back and gave Enterprise the you know the chance it was due mm-hmm. but certainly it took a while sure. and, I mean those last two seasons do a lot of heavy lifting yes they do, they do. Um, season three of Enterprise I think laid the groundwork for a lot of discovery I think so uh, too and, uh, and I suppose in a way Picard as well because like they took obviously DS9 was mostly the first one to do like serialized storytelling because we had our two-parters in TNG but uh, like we had that three-parter at the beginning of season two of uh, DS9 and, and away we went um, and then we had Enterprise where it's just like you know ha, hold my beer here's a 21 part season uh, where every episode leads directly into the next one and you're just like what? and then I think I'm not trying to exonerate myself for checking out back in 2003 but mm. It works really well as a binge, you know. Sure. Uh, I mean, it takes a while; it takes about a day. But you know, it does. It does really work that way, and you're just, it's really exciting, and the storytelling is so good, and everyone has settled into their characters so much more. I won't say to anyone skip the first two seasons because no, there is very good episodes in those first two seasons. But much like TNG's first two seasons, but hang on, what am I talking about? Much like all of the Star Treks, the first two seasons generally it's where they're finding their feet. Having said that, Lower Decks, Prodigy, and Strange New Worlds are all just like, ah, yeah, we're not going to follow that rule. We're actually going to be great from the off. Yeah, Strange New Worlds. I was asked. I was asked by a friend, um, "Do we think? Do you think that Strange New Worlds is?" Because I'm part of this group on Facebook, and he was like, "Do you think Strange New Worlds is the best first season of Star Trek, barring the original series? Because that was that's a great first season." It is, yeah. Um, and I was like, "I think so." Every episode has honestly been some of the most consistent Star Trek storytelling I've ever seen. Like we were talking about this recently, where someone was saying, uh, "This up to last week, so up to the Elysian Kingdom, how would you rank the season?" And I went, "Okay, well, hang on, that's a question." And I said, "Do you know what? I would put the Elysian Kingdom at number eight. And they're like, "What are you talking about?" It was very like, "No, no, no." They're so good. Yeah. That's the point. Like, it's like, oh, hang on. There are some seasons where, some seasons really, where you're just like, oh, it's pretty easy to rank some of these seasons. And mm-hmm. I did, I did for an article before. Uh, I ranked season one of the Next Generation, and I mean, like, there's, there's some. I, I, I will defend conspiracy. I will defend the neutral zone down to the ground. But I mean, you're kind of like, where do the rest go? Yeah. All right. Well, you know what you. 
we all know what the bottom one is going to be looking at you code of honor um but uh, whereas you know do the same thing for strange new worlds i'm like i don't know if i can yeah you know like i mean they're all just so bloody good and i can tell you my job has not gotten any easier this week um, sure sure uh, i'm so uh, sad i'm so sad right. yeah i know i know look if to go back to your point if a shorter concise season gives us excellent material then i think i think it's a it's it's an okay trade yeah. uh, prodigy will be a good one to test that because prodigy seasons are going to be we know there's two seasons guaranteed both seasons are 20 episodes and they've been split into two so actually I, as I was saying, we're not getting season two of Prodigy coming up. We're getting part two of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, I think, will be the test of does is is Star Trek able to do twenty episode seasons? Because I feel I feel bad saying it. I actually think the longer season in Discovery hurt it. Um, I think so too, because Discovery is the only one that has thirteen episodes, and honestly, in the last season, it's fourth season. I think three of those episodes could have been cut easily. There were, there's one episode in particular. Um, the idea of the episode, it's about basically finding out how to communicate with the 10C. Mm-hmm. The idea was it was five minutes long and we got a 50 minute episode or something out of it. And I'm just like, this is filler. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not, it, it, I couldn't pick that. It's not that, you know, Wilson Cruz is doing a bad job or Doug Jones is, it's, no, it's nothing like that. It's just like, but the, the story that you're taking so long to tell is a five-minute story. And we've seen Star Trek, we've seen Discovery, in fairness, take a story that is very, very short and make it last 40 minutes. And I thought there was a couple of episodes this season where they just, like, it it almost felt as though, great, guys, you're doing 13 episodes. We only need 10. You're doing 13? Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I hope that they, honestly, for me, I hope that season five gets a shorter episode count. I think so, and and, and uh, to to address it right, you know there will be people who will be like, "Oh, Discovery's failing. They've cut the number of episodes." Sure. Like, listen, there are there are people who it doesn't matter. You could bring back, you could make the the season eight of TNG, that is in exact same way, and bring people back from everything, and they still would not be happy. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I feel, I, I do, I feel a little bit, I, this might sound horrendously arrogant, I don't mean it to, I feel a little bit sorry for people who struggle with new ideas. I mean, what's it, Kirk himself says, fresh minds, new, or, you know, fresh ideas, new minds, the, 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 the line from um, that film, Wrath of Khan. yes, no, I don't know, one of them, um, I don't know, one of them, I just, if you I give I me more context clues, maybe I can help you. Um, it was... I, and if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a wag. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. It's oh, yeah, when they're talking sure. about the Excelsior. Now, now, fresh minds, new ideas. We must be tolerant. Um, and I mean, there's a there's an argument for that argument, and it goes back to like, do you need to love us? I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't love every episode of Star Trek that's been released since 2017. Sure. I'm grateful that we have Star Trek. There's been weeks where I'm just like, ah, lads. The, the downs outnumbered the ups this week. Sure. But there's always next week. You know, there's always what came before as well. And it's more of Starfleet. It's more of the final frontier. And that, to me, I will take padded seasons. I will take drawn-out stories if it means we still have 
the final frontier. I know that soundbite's going to come back. Someone's going to record that soundbite. It's like, well, he says he'll just take any old nonsense. Uh, and I'll be like, to be I'll honest make sure with you, to, What I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure to, to, to cut that out. I'm going to put it everywhere. That's, that's, that's what we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Sean Ferrick says, we'll take any nonsense as long as there's a delta on it. And you know what? I probably would. You know what? Quite honestly, like, I look, there's bad Star Trek. And if you can accept that there is bad Star Trek, what's the point? What's the problem with having new Star Trek? None of the, I don't think anything that Strange New Worlds has done, Lower Decks has done, even, you know what? Even Picard season two, I don't think any of that's bad, that's any worse than Star Trek five. Exactly. And you know, Star Trek five is such a wonderful example because it's obviously, it's, it, it, it's Star Trek five is the Wesley Crusher of the movie franchise right yeah. now. In obviously recent years, Wesley has thankfully he's gone from being something of the whipping boy to the mascot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah, and season two addressed that in some way. And that was that was that was lovely, you know. And now I mean things are being reappraised. Star Trek Five is not a good movie. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. It is <laughs> it is not ever going to win an Oscar. However, it's silly, you know, it's don't take it too seriously. It's have a bit of fun. I'm delighted. I think I would have struggled even more had it been the last original series film. Uh, sure. I think Undiscovered Country, it's not that it makes Final Frontier a better film, but it takes some of the weight off of Final Frontier. And you can look at it as just, at a silly episode, you know? Right. Um, and, you know, for that, obviously, again, I don't want to give too much away, but Final Frontier has just become an awful lot more relevant um, but that that that's a reference I understand. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah, the, we find... the squeal I let out. Oh, I, did, I, was... I did. I was like, "Are they doing it? Are they doing it? Oh my god, they're doing it!" Like, who would have imagined? I do you know. Do you know what? Strange New Worlds has done such swings and such fun. I like, yeah, yeah, and and it's not that I'm happy discovery didn't I, I like that they delayed it you know they didn't do everything up front because we got obviously sarek uh we got michael burnham which i don't mind the mm-hmm. the spock connection I, I i i don't get the hate i i really don't um and uh the, the next person that calls her mikey spock i'm gonna flick in the nose <laughs> what? i've never i've not heard this i mean not heard that mikey oh. spock is a is a nickname that was given to michael burnham which is just annoying and silly and, and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, flick in the nose. That's what I'm going to get. Yeah. Um, and we got Amanda Grace. It was great. And, you know, they did not speak about Cyborg. And so there was the... Okay, spoiler. Right. So they did not speak about that. Um, and then in Strange New Worlds, completely as part of the storyline unfolding, it, I did not feel shoved in or hammed in in any way. I was like, oh, you little beauties. That, mm-hmm. that is... I'd be very interested to see uh, if uh, what Shatner thinks of that, uh, if it, if indeed sure. he is watching, you know, kind of like he's like, you know, do you know what? Y'all ragged on my film. Y'all ragged on my film, and look. I was I was watching the um, I was watching the episode, and it's when Spock goes, I think I figured out who this guy is, and I'm like, oh, like I had the moment where I was just like, they they wouldn't, like what they wouldn't, right? And he just like turns out they're just like. You wanted Star Trek? Have all of the Star Trek. Yeah. And it was a surprise as well. Sorry to speak. I'm just, I'm just saying it was, so, it was a total shock because uh, of the released images of Kirk. 
you sure. know, before the season even started, you're like, oh, well, Jesus, you can't keep any surprises anymore in just the land of filming because someone's going to get something on their phone and this and that. You know, so I don't know, Star Trek channels might overanalyze things to say, I don't know what, I don't know what you're talking about. Who'd you but, say it was? You said it was Co- Commodore Decker? I know, right? Because we just never thought it was like, you know, kind of, ah, it's too early in the timeline or whatever. And then it was like, it's Kirk. And we're like, sorry, come again? Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Let's let's go. You know, I mean, I, I, my mind is open. Let's give it a go. I think Paul Wesley looks great as Kirk. Um, there's so many questions. I, no, I, no, I won't say anything. Um, what it was, I loved in the pilot, they keep talking about Lieutenant Kirk. And they keep talking about Lieutenant Kirk. And you're kind of yeah. like, Oh, I mean, hey, listen, okay. Kind of thinking in your head going like, again, the scary starting knowledge. No, he'd be serving on the Farragut at this point. Uh, no, that mm-hmm. doesn't or, or if not the Farragut, maybe the Republic. I'm not really Sam Kirk walks out the bridge and goes like, Oh, strange you girls. I love, I love what you're doing for brothers in this show. Yeah. Um. So you, you, brought, it, you brought it up, and I think it's a good, good kind of thread to pull at. But the idea of like, you see this a lot with Star Wars right now too, in the Star Wars fandom. I think Star Trek and Star Wars have a similar have a similar uh, have similar naysayers who are saying that like, oh, you'll just eat whatever has the Star Wars brand on it. Um, I I miss when it was all quality, not when it was all quantity. And it's like, I don't know how to tell you this, buddy. It hasn't always been quality. I mean, I, I'm I'm not the first person to make this connection, but go and look at the reviews of season one of TNG. It's yeah. not Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. This isn't Star Trek. I don't like this. And because they've joked about it since, that included performers from the original series as well saying that. It's like, oh, this is you know, obviously, you know, this, this is in you know, the late 1980s. Uh, but yeah, actually, for Star Wars as well, um, I've been very much enjoying most of recent Star Wars. I thought I did think Obi-Wan was very, very well done. I yeah. thought Obi-Wan sort of like like how some of Stranger Worlds has done, has gone back and retroactively made some of the elements of the prequels stand out a bit better. Again, I say this with love, Attack of the Clones is a time of my life I'm never getting back. Um, <laughs> it was funny because it came out, actually, funny, I, this poor Darren is the, the unspoken member of this, and this same friend I went to see Nemesis with, yeah. we went to see Attack of the Clones, and we were just like, I, I appreciate that in 2002 it looked good, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah, but I mean, I vividly remember absolutely breaking our hearts laughing when Yoda starts jumping around with the lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, and we were just like, oh, having had the really cool, you know, the rescue of the clones, and it was great. But I mean, like, we, because we, we were watching, like, and we're like, right, so, I'm going to be really disparaging for a second. So Kermit is fighting Saruman, and we're actually supposed to be taking this seriously. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, okay, okay. And like that, you just, you don't take it seriously. You have fun with it. You know, it's silly. You know, and, and I think the same thing applies to a lot of the TV shows. Uh, I do think The Mandalorian is doing a lot for for Star Wars. And Boba Fett, I think, um, yeah. could have been a movie. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I think yeah, six episodes didn't do it any favours. Uh, or as I like to call The Mandalorian Season 2.5. Um, That's honestly and, where, where the show lost me, when it was just like, oh, this is just Mandalorian. Kind, kind, I, was, I, I didn't think I'd be disappointed to see yeah. The Mandalorian, because... Because I wasn't, but at the same time, I was just like, yeah, okay, yeah. The one thing, actually, the one thing I, well, one of the things I did really like about Boba, I realize we've gone on a tangent, but anyway, I just wanted to say, one of the things I really liked is like, it showed him getting out of the Sarlacc, and I completely accepted it. I was like, yeah, all right, that works for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that absolutely works for me as a um, as a way to escape. Yeah, he was covered head to toe in armor, and also, greatest bounty of the galaxy, 
come on now, Boba. He does he does go a wee bit better toward reclaiming his uh his title. But yes, um I, d- I do want to to address the so as Kenobi was going on, there was there was a unity between mm-hmm. Trekkies and Star Wars fans, which I was very happy to see, which was to decry the vile racism oh, that absolutely. was thrown at Moses Ingram. Um, and that there is there is there is no there is no if buts or maybes. Not one piece of the criticism was about it wasn't about the writing, it wasn't about the direction, it wasn't about it was we don't like her because she is a woman of color. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you, you know, this this blue certain minds. I, I would like to believe, I hope this is not going to sound naive, I would like to believe that it was the very small minority who are just very, very loud online. Um, mm. Because, I mean, if... Yeah, because you would hate to think that there would be something. But again, I, I realise that couldn't come across as naive. But I did like to see how quickly... Um, Star Wars fans and Star Trek fans, because a lot of the performers on on both franchises both rallied around as well and said, "You are completely missing the point of a, either a brighter future or just sci-fi in general or the fantasy elements of it. It's supposed to be coming together to enjoy a piece of, a, I suppose, literature, but you know, a piece of media that you know." It expands what we've known before, gives you more. You know, we wanted really, really well, I think, at balancing, you know, the Easter eggs as well as, you know, bringing in new material and also Vader. Um, yeah. And I think it goes back to the, where I might have started the sentence 25 minutes ago. So it goes back to the people like we were talking about who just, you just cannot please everyone. And that's fine. I don't think you should try. Mm-hmm. I think you should. Do what the story needs. You cast the right person uh, in the role. Uh, you know, whatever the situation. I, I read it there. There's a larger conversation to have around that as well. But in general, just, you just cast the right performer yeah. uh, for the role. And, you know, not everyone's going to love everyone. And that's true of every single show, every single franchise, every single movie. There's always going to be, I loved everyone except. There'll always be a bit of that. I'm yeah. sure there are people who are watching this go like, I love Brandon. Sean was a bit up himself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's just and that's totally fine. That is, it's all down to personal taste at the end mm-hmm. of the day. But if you're a racist, you're an idiot. Yeah, I, I agree. I was really surprised and really heartened to see that uh, the, because the first thing I saw was Anson Mount being like, "Hey, we stand with Moses Ingram." I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like this is really interesting. And then all like the Star Trek fans are like, "Yeah, we're this is ridiculous." Like, sh- shut up. Like, 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 totally. I just. I mean, it's it's the same, uh, you, know, you know, with a different mask. It's the same people who went for cynical Martin Green, um, yes. and or you know, even Robert April recently. Oh my God! Actually, well, this is we had a chance to speak to during the week was Fred Bronson, who created the character of Robert April in yeah. the 1970s, and he said he was just like, he's brilliant. You know, and Robert Aker is now in live action. What's your problem? Uh, I have to say, no, we did. I, I, I had quite a good belly laugh. And I will say, I have no problem saying that. Other people are like, you know, you can't possibly, no, you can't possibly change, you know, Robert April, the great character of Robert April, who's appeared in so much. Life. We're talking about in 1973, in a 20-minute episode, someone remodeled the animation of Kirk to have gray hair uh, voiced by James Doohan, because take a shot for every voice that was done by James Doohan in the original mm-hmm. series. 
I'm like, you know, you can't, you're, you're, you're doing this to Canada, you're doing that to Canada. So, do you realise how ridiculous he sounds? Do you realise? Yeah. I, I have to ask you that. Um, and, yeah, so thought it was quite... Uh, yeah, the, I, 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 yeah, anyway, I'm, the that's animated, how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, the animated series is kind of one of those things where I, I look at it like it's... The animated series is suggested canon, honestly. Like, because it, there's so many things in the animated series that don't line up with what's come after, even what came before a little bit. It's just it, you take what you want and you just leave the rest. Exactly, and it and it works, and it's fine. I mean, like, the creators did that. I mean, going into TNG, the Gene Roddenberry said, "I think I, I would. You might have to fact check me this. I think he said everything that came before wasn't canon, but I know that he more specifically said TAS. I." I'll fact check myself on that one. I have a feeling that maybe there was a, a stable. Now I know he, he, he considered Final Frontier was not canon. Yeah, so, I, I recently uh, watched actually uh, your Trek culture video on that. I didn't know that first. It was, uh, I, it was. I mean, like there was so much going on behind the scenes. It, it's a, it's honestly, it's such a fascinating what's going on behind the scenes in Final Frontier that whatever about the film itself, like it's so interesting what went into making that film. But yeah, going into TNG, you know, like. It took, well, I think it was DS9, I might have to fact check myself, but I think it was DS9 that started to bring elements of the animated series into into canon. For example, Kor, who appeared in the animated series uh, as the commander of the Clothos, mm-hmm. that ship is name-dropped in DS9. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, wow, okay, this is animated series. You know, so even though Lower Deck seems to be going out of its way to be like, go rewatch the animated series, it's brilliant. Here's, ah. here's Big Spock Skeleton. That was the darkest moment of season two. Right. I was just like, oh, that's grim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go go and rewatch The Infinite Vulcan if you can. Um, I think it should now be available on, well, if it's not Paramount Plus, it'll be Netflix in the UK and Ireland. Or the, like, the animated series, what hurts the animated series is the pacing. It's bloody good stories. And mm-hmm. I, again, a bit like my story with Enterprise, it's been like, oh, the animated series, I'm not sure. I had seen it years before because I'd never forgotten the image from the time trap of the Enterprise docked on top of a Klingon D7 ber- uh, a battle cruiser. <laughs> yeah. I'd never forgotten that image. I was just like, why, of all the images, why is that burned into my mind? It's because it's cool, that's why. Uh, but it's actually, it's a really well-written show. It is legitimately, it's season four of the original series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually recently watched it for the first time. I'd never seen it before. I, I see that like a spattering of episodes here and there, but I never watched the whole thing. I recently just sat down and was like, oh, I'm going to get through the whole thing. It's pretty good. It is, yeah. And yesteryear, is one of like it's top tier Star Trek. Like you, that should appear. It, and considering it was the second episode of the animated series, I would put yesteryear in lists of best overall Star Trek episodes. Yeah, yeah. I I had this thing where I was where I was always kind of like there was the stigma of the animated series for a long time, and I was kind of like you know it's probably like it's probably like the serious Trek. But watching it now, I was like, man, you know, I really appreciate how wild '60s and '70s sci-fi used to be. Yeah, because I think I think if we compare TNG to the original series, TNG, which I think I think gave us the template for what Star Trek is today, mm-hmm. uh, more so than the original series, um, it did so by being measured, by being calm. Of course, you had your action episodes as well, and you did have your comedy, but you know that's what Picard brought to the series was a sort of a maturity that you know it went away from the Wild West that was TOS. Yeah, uh, I've done I've done a, a recent rewatch of TOS, and I have to say there there is an argument for the, the you know poor L Kirk gets so much you know kind of uh, the overacting and this and this. I I would say 
go back and watch it again. There are episodes, sure, where it's like, yo, oh no, like, that's the clip that people will throw to if yeah. they're like, right, okay, Shatner's going to, you know, sing it for the back seats here. But there's a lot of it where it isn't. And, but the wild, crazy ideas that they introduced in the original series, they needed to go big. They needed to go kind of like, well, sure, listen, yeah, grand space amoeba, which I mentioned, yeah, grand, a big worm that eats planets, why not? Uh, a great you know, barrier, a great barrier in the, at the edge of the galaxy that, that made a guy, that made a person a god. Yeah, exactly. Standard Tuesday, you know, yeah. I, I, these kind of things. I mean, Grant Spock's brain is naff. It was naff mm. at the time. It's naff now. It's fun naff, but it's naff. Um, and unfortunately, uh, so season three of TOS. Unfortunately, I'm not. It's not a. There's a lot of dodge in season three of TOS. Um, there's so many, again, very fascinating, so many changes going on behind the scenes. Roddenberry was out at that point. You know, he had kind of dipped in there and again as kind of consulting producer, which is your way of saying, shut up, leave us alone, here's some money. Um, yeah. But Turnabout Intruder being the last episode of the original series, it's it's an unfortunate little, like, no, that's the coda, because like the last line is like, oh, you could have had a great career, only you were a woman. It's like, yeah, what the hell? Okay, all right, that one. That one aged badly in 1969, let alone yeah. 2022. And I'm, I'm glad that the movies uh, very quickly went away toward at least uh, rectifying some of that. I have not forgotten the captain of the USS Saratoga in Star Trek IV, um, you know, played by the wonderful Madge Sinclair. Oh, right. Um, I remember her. Yeah, yeah. I, I always remember in uh, Undiscovered Country when uh, uh, Rand, Yeoman Rand, shows back up for just a brief cameo. I, I, and I like that. So I, I love it as well because they, at least they, they knew this was going to be the last original series film and they pulled out the stops and, and it was great. Like, it depends if... I, I don't really count Generations as an original series film, even though you technically perfectly can. Mm-hmm. Obviously, otherwise, B, we've got Sp- Scotty. <laughs> I actually went to say Spock because, I mean, I'm sure you know this. Like, you, know, but yeah. you, you had Kirk, Spock and McCoy on that bridge. Now, Spock and McCoy were being played by James Doohan and Walter Koenig, but, uh, I mean, it <laughs> was... The first time I watched the watched the movie, Chekhov just goes, "Okay, you guys are nurses now." I'm like, "Wait, what?" I, I was like, oh, "Chekhov, what have you been up to in the in you know between the films? Have you just kind of got your medical license?" Yeah, uh, very funny. That's got it. Captain, is there something wrong with your chair? Now James Dewan pulls it off, but that's a Spock line if ever there was one, you know. Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, no. The, like I love that. actually. Um, have you had the opportunity to watch the 4K remaster of the motion picture? Not yet. I, I completely, I completely, I, I recommend it. The pacing, I'm not going to lie to you, it's the pacing is what you've seen before, all right. Sure. But visually, it is. I, I, I with without turning this into an R-rated podcast, um, I felt feelings while I was watching <laughs> this this film. It's beautiful. And of course, Rand is in it. Oh, really? I, had my, I, I, I somehow in my head, I'm like, oh, of course, yeah, she's like the transporter chief. Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah, so Jesus. she's yeah, and I was like, oh, of course. Um, really, I'm, I'm sure you know the story really quick. It was basically, I think McCoy or uh, DeForest Kelly had bumped into her uh, mm-hmm. in the early '70s, and you know, because she had obviously she had been fired from the original series, which is an awful story, and he said. People are asking for you. I mean, we're at conventions, and they're going, "Where is Rand?" And so Grace Whitley started going along to conventions, and then that kind of led to her being in the motion picture, 
search for Spock. I'm 99% sure she's in Voyage Home as well, and she's in uh, Undiscovered Country. Now, of course, there, Undiscovered Country gets shit the biggest role. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, yeah, nice. I like that. That's More cool. people back from these films. Um, so I'm, we're going a little long, and uh, I, I, I apologize because uh, I, I promised you a shorter, a shorter podcast. But I'm really enjoying this conversation, and I want to get one, one kind of last kind of, kind of thing out of you, which is, um, so now, so okay, you're, you're doing Trek culture, you're doing these ups and downs. You're way more on the internet than you ever were uh, before, and you're seeing a lot of the other side now. So you're now exposed to the other side of the the fandom, kind of I, the dark side, as Star as the Star Wars fandom would call it. Um, how does that like? how do you interact with those people? How does that dishearten you? Does that kind of, um, does it empower you even like, how, how do you feel there? That is a super question. Um, and I feel even a year ago, I would have a very different answer. Yeah. Um, initially, um, my first engagement with that would have been in the comments of the videos. So yeah. when I was still working on my own, um, my own confidence, uh, you know, there's people, you know, there's the, you know, oh, X person is terrible. What you, you, you kind of put that aside. They're, they're always going and they'll never go away, unfortunately. Um, but then the, you know, new Trek is not real Trek. I, I, and it's just like, okay, why do you feel the need to tell other people they're wrong for enjoying a piece of media you do not enjoy? So that is, that's, that was the first time I thought that kind of bend around. I was like, oh, hang on, man, this is silly. And then, yes, uh, so particularly, um, so Twitter is where I have the most engagement with with people, um, and where you see the most, I suppose, yeah, the, the most vitriolic. Uh, obviously, it's on it's on YouTube, but because Twitter is much short form, um, it mm. tends to go faster. It's absolute vitriolic, uh, you know, like you know, the kind of now it's like you know, Strange New Worlds has opening theme, more proof that Kurtzman is, you know, kind of. Right. I mean, uh, if anyone has ever been fired as many times as Kurtzman's been fired, I swear to, I mean, like. It's on them for rehiring him at this stage, but it's just it's kind of nonsense. <laughs> so what you need to do, I what I, what I do, is that I will, you know, I, I, every, everyone gets treated the same way when you know the first first interaction I have with people. Hello, how are you? You know, in, what what do you like? What do you dislike? Um, and I, if someone says uh, Stranger Worlds is not Star Trek, I will say I respect that you do not like the show you are factually wrong mm-hmm. it is star trek it is owned by cbs it is produced by cbs it has star trek in the name featuring characters and it, you know based created by gene roddenberry and, and the other writers so factually you are wrong but i'm not telling you you have to like it mm-hmm. i'm not telling you you have to enjoy it um and the same argument for picard discovery lower decks and prodigy um and just recently actually there was uh there was there was an account which i won't name which had been very, 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 very outspoken about how, you know, Star Trek died in 2005. You know, even the J.J. films, you know, kind of, no, 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 when, you know, these are the voyages as the greatest finale in all of Star Trek, which is hilarious as a statement. It's um, a horrible, horrible episode. Just dreadful. Just, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, how many things can we get wrong in 40 minutes? Challenge accepted. Right. Um, and, uh, and, this, and this account seems to have done if not a 180, then certainly they're, they're kind of like, well, actually, hang on, this is good, and that's good. I'm just like, I, I, I don't condone some of the things that are being said before, but they're just open your mind. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'll try and do. I, 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 put up a, I put up a thing there recently. I, I, 
I, I do enjoy my little soapbox moments on, on Twitter. I, I won't lie. Every now and again, you will see like, huh, Sean's having a rant again. <laughs> <laughs> Get the popcorn. Um, but there was one. I, 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 I actually, it fails me now what the what this one was about, but it was to do with basically don't be a dick. You know, it's like, you know, kind of enjoy what you enjoy. Oh, let everything else go. Real quickly, that's our slogan on our podcast. Oh, I love that. Don't be a dick, yeah. Oh, I love that. It's, 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 it's like religions have been formed about less, you know, profound statements than that. Just don't be a dick, you yeah. know? Like, um, and someone responded to that with, New Trek isn't real Trek. And I'm just like, what? What's the point? I mean, like, you're very silly, first of all, if indeed you're real, because I have, it's a minefield on Twitter because you don't know what's a bot and what's real. Mm-hmm. Um, which can that can be disheartening because then you can see people can be flooded with negative comments, negative statements. You don't know if they're actually coming from real people or not. Not that I guess that not that I guess it's better if real people are making bad comments, but you know yourself. If you look at something long enough and you, you're being told something long enough, it does affect you. I mean, I am not an island. I do get affected every now and again. Uh, yeah. I feed on the negativity. Not um, I do. I try and host. I try and host positive space. You know. One thing that we pride ourselves on, and I, I legitimately mean this at Trek Culture, is that it's not that we're, you know, everything in Star Trek is perfect all the time. It's like, it, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. None of the original Trek was perfect, so why should this Trek have to be perfect? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you know, 1966 or whatever, Captain Pike on the bridge. I just can't get used to a woman on the bridge. Whoa, Star Trek, talk about coming out with a statement. Really? Um you know, and then, I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so many, you know, Cupid, TNG, the two cast members who had fencing training were Gates McFadden and Marina Sirius. Guess who doesn't get to use a sword? Don't think that TNG was free of sexism either. Yeah? Things like that. And then, you know, it's, it comes down to, it can be disheartening. Mm-hmm. I will, I will engage to a point. If you want to have a conversation about why you dislike something, I will have a conversation with you about it, of course. Yeah, I'm not, I, and I'm not going to say I'm going to go in with a view to convincing you otherwise. But I'll be like, I want to know what is the thought process. I might agree with you. Uh, but if you're just, you know, the town crier going, New Trek isn't Trek, New Trek isn't Trek, what is your reason for that? Because New Trek isn't Trek. Oh, shut up. You have every right to say that. I'm, I'm not going to say you don't have the right to say it. I don't have to listen to it. Yeah, I made a statement on on my Twitter account where it's just like I don't I don't think that we should be calling start uh, the current Star Trek shows New Trek anymore, personally, because I think the people who have used that term are now only using it for bad faith arguments, and I just don't think that's right. And I I, I kind of had the statement where it was like if you use the term New Trek, you know, what, quite honestly, I don't have patience for your opinion. If you want to tell me that like going back to like Obi Wan for because this is the most recent example that I have that like. I don't think Moses Ingram should have been in the last episode. I think her character arc was fine after after episode five, and I think she was good up until that point. But if you want to say that, I'll agree with you. But if you want to say, "Oh, Reva was a horrible character and a Mary Sue and doesn't want and shouldn't have been in Star shouldn't have been in Star Wars," blah, 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 I'm like, no, you no, you lost me. Yeah, I, I agree. And also, I tend to the the I know the term Mary Sue. Uh, I'm just like that is just a stupid argument by people who are threatened by strong female characters. Yeah. I'm not saying that every single female character in the history of everything has been written very, very well. They haven't. But, you know, like, you know, oh, just a Mary Sue. It's like, why? Because she's not a man. Sure. 
Sorry, yes, yes. Uh, no, uh, here's our content. Hang on, all right? Let's 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 see. We'll do a shot tequila, right? Let's really go in at these. Uh, <laughs> now, have uh, you? Everyone has every right to say whatever it is they want to say. We have the right to be like, cool story. Anyway. Yeah, no, for real. Because I I, th- I think that at the end of the day, I got into it with some some guys on on the the guys had a Star Trek a little while ago. Because I I went after Robert Meyer Burnett. I shouldn't have done it, but I did. Um, and I, I I hate that guy. And and he and I, I got into the, I got into it where these people were just like, oh, but all of but all the new Star Trek shows is written poorly and blah blah blah. And it's like, well, okay, why? Oh, it's all just written poorly and it's all this thing. It's like they're trying not to say the thing that we all know they want to say. Which is that they they don't think it's written poorly because it's it's far more inclusive than it used to be. There's there's a lot of really great philosophical storytelling happening, but it's not the kind of philosophical storytelling that they're used to. And to be fair, like a lot of the new Star Trek shows are a bit more over the head than they used to be. And quite honestly, yeah. they need to be because that's just what our society needs right now. We need we we don't we don't need to be subtle about this anymore. We can just say, hey, this is about this, and this is why this is important. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, the, the inclus- inclusivity argument. Um, I mean, it was exhausting day one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that just, you're just like, I mean, you can phrase it whatever way you like to. If you are threatened by strong characters who are not Caucasian mm-hmm. or heteronormative, the problem is not with the show. The problem is, you know, being closed-minded. Yeah. Now, again not every character is you know some things are ham-fisted some things are over the top there was a bit of uh star trek uh, picard season two i initially loved what they were doing with rios and then i thought it dragged i thought okay there was there was a good story there that got pulled a bit too taut so for example but my opinion was not i wasn't bothered by the fact that basically they included ice or you know they they showed what it's like to be an illegal immigrant in america which i believe is great fun um (laughs) Yeah. You know, mm-hmm, every swiftly along. Uh, but my issue with it was just like, oh, I actually think you did really well in the episodes three and four. Episodes five and six, I, th- I think you're padding this out now, but that's the issue. And then, But there will be people who are just like, I can't believe they included this. That's just hitting us over the head. I was just, like, I was like, just because you don't like seeing it doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. Or bad, badly written, I should say. Yeah, yes, but like, the, the, the way people are treated in America is bad. But, you know, it's, it doesn't mean that it's badly written. It means you don't like seeing it. And there's many parts of early start, like TOS. I mean, you, you want to talk about, you know, showing racism? Let that be your last battlefield. Absolutely. I, it, it, I've never seen, and honestly, I, I will, off now and again, I will use that scene to, it is the, one of the best, I think, examples of highlighting the utter ludicrousness of, of any racist argument. It's like, well, I'm black on the left side and white on the right. I'm clearly superior. And, you know, Kirk is probably like, sorry, I'm not getting this. Yeah, yeah you guys look uh, exactly like. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, I mean, that lesson, that was being taught in 1969. If you've got a problem with that in 2022, buddy, the problem's not with the show. I think you missed the point of the 1969 show. I was, we were, we, we have a book club on our podcast um, and we did a bunch of Denny O'Neill comic books, uh, Green Arrow, oh, yeah. uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow uh, books uh, once. And, you know, there's always the, the, there's always the argument because it's the same, it's the same, not bad, bad apples, but it's the same kind of naysayers are talking about like, 
you know, in comics, Star Trek, Star Wars, every fandom, they're always like, it used to be better here. It wasn't as over the head. It wasn't as over the head. We were, what, we're reading this comic from the 70s where, where Green Lantern is approached by this, this African-American man who's like, why don't you protect the black people? And we were like, oh, this was what they were talking about when it was subtle? But nothing yeah. ever was was subtle. It, 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 it wasn't, they just I, missed I, the point. I think I think you phrased it beautifully. It's just that well, the time for subtlety has passed. Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, I think, yeah, unfortunately, well, I mean, I think we all know why the time for subtlety mm. has passed. Um, and I, I, I can hear, I can hear an argument for look, I come for this to escapism. But I don't think that's I don't think that's ever been the point of Star Trek mm-hmm. as a franchise from 1966 up until today. Star Trek has used. I mean, Gene was doing it in the 60s. They were doing it in TNG. You want to talk about like social justice? Uh, hello, DS9. You know, they they take the topic of the day. They take you know issues that are facing contemporary society. They turn it around and they you know they they tell it through a sci-fi lens. Uh, or sometimes they don't. Look at Far Beyond the Stars. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, uh, Cisco's having a vision. Anyway, here's a play set in the 1950s. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's that's what it was like, you know, um, and, and things like that. So that's why I, I, I think I've, I've, I've probably dragged this point as long as they tried to realize the storyline in season two of Picard. But <laughs> um, it is subtle, I guess, it will be in the eye of the beholder. Um, sometimes you might be like, oh, they could have gone further with this, or they didn't go, or, or, or maybe they went too far with this. Um, one of the one of the great lines that I thought was, it was subtle enough, uh, but I think it perfectly summed up modern society. I was in season two of Picard, Guinan says it, um, and she's talking about how, basically she's packing up, she's leaving, she's had enough of Earth. Um, and she said, I've lived here a long time. And you want to know the only real change that happened, regardless was it, because in the last century, they took off the hoods and they put on suits. Yeah, that was a really good line. Oh, I mean, it's it's subtle enough. I mean, like, obviously, like, on the one hand, it's about as subtle as a brick to the face. But it's mm-hmm. also, it's subtle enough that that one line, my God, I say, like that, but that, that hit me hard. Uh, and yeah. still does. Um, but... Uh, Yes, if if inclusion, if diversity, if you know, taking a lens and looking at modern society through the future isn't for you, uh, might I direct you to Days of Our Lives or or or, or kind of a, a more traditional soap opera that's dealing with oh my god, the priest is back from the dead and he's actually the father of the baby who's actually the uncle to the aunt. You know, that's that's fine. Go, that's that's and nobody will say another word to you. But if you're gonna insult a show or a franchise that is doing its absolute best to include as many as possible. And if you are going to be the naysayers, like, no, I don't want expert to be included. And as I said before, buddy, the problem is not with the show. And if you don't want to follow Captain Angel into hell, you're wrong. You're just wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Jesse Keitel, you say the word, oh, I'm gone. I'm doing it. It's fine. Absolutely. I had to re- I've only watched that episode with my partner and just... Uh, I love, wonderful character. So so much fun, and you know what? Let's be silly. Space pirates, why not? I, I was know. talking. I was like, I was talking about this. It's like, you know what? 
if you told me I want, if you were like, hey, do you want to be a do you want to be an evil bad guy on Star Trek? And I'm like, yes. Can I ham it the hell up? Then yes. Well, people are going to accuse Christopher Lloyd of subtlety in Star Trek Three, or right. I, I yeah, people are going to say like Ricardo Montalban. Could you do that again, but more chewing the scenery, if you wouldn't mind? I mean, I no one's going to insult that man's performance. No. So exactly, yeah. Okay, well, I we we went a little over the the time that I promised you. Um, I really so appreciate this. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Um, this is the kind of this is one of my favorite shows that I do. Um, I do eight podcasts on a good day. Um, good lord! Uh, and this is this is one of my absolute favorites. Um, actually, it was it was fun. I don't mind putting this on the record, but I um, I had I, I, the progress on season two because this is season two of conversation really stalled there's a lot going on in my life my father's very old um my my career is not picking up the way i would like it to be um and so i i was like you know what maybe maybe it's time to pack it in maybe i just maybe i i let this one go and and then that day before i sent hit on the tweet that i was like you know what? i'm gonna pack it in you messaged me back Yay! and i was like you know what um actually because I, I i i will make an apology to you and also to anyone who's listening I really don't mean to not reply to things. I really, do. I, I am dreadful at it, and it's not oh, I that it. I just like not not reply. It's just I'm just an awful human being. <laughs> That's the only reason. I'm just I'm just up here. Uh, but no, like this was this was wonderful, and I, I hope you don't mind me saying you messaged me there uh, yesterday as of recording of this, and uh, yeah, I, I had just had something had just happened that suddenly I you know freed up. I was like, oh, oh my god, yes, absolutely. I've wanted to do this podcast for a while, and. Yes, uh, so I do apologize again no for the lack of communication, and I will, of course, make sure that every single episode of Ups and Downs going forward is dedicated to you. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, that's, that's no yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, what's that, Chris? Oh, apparently, I can't make that promise. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? It's the it's the thought that counts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I like to do at the end of the show is just give you a platform, just kind of pitch whatever, pitch whatever you want to the audience, say what where you are, where whatever you want to like. Whatever you want to say, you get the floor. Um, okie dokie. Um, right, well, be more inclusive, everyone. Uh, that's the first thing I'll say. I mean, I, I might have been subtle about that uh, earlier. Um, um, I guess what I would like to say... Is, sorry, is this like what, what I'm doing at the moment or just like here's here's my final thoughts, is that? Well, what are you what are you doing? Final thoughts and kind of what, what do you, what, what do you, where can people find you? Where can people ah, right, cool. see all your stuff? Um, uh, things like that. Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, so then really quick, if you want to find me, you'll get me on Twitter at Sean Ferrick. Um, and I'm on Instagram, which is obviously where we connected, but mm-hmm. Brandon be the first to tell you, message me on Twitter. Sure. Uh, like, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, kind of like, it's not that I don't read it. Anyway, um, and obviously you'll find me on YouTube, Trek Culture. Um, so we're there every week uh, with new videos. Um, it's scary to say we've, you know, as of recording of this, we've two episodes of Strange New Worlds Ups and Downs yet, and then we don't know when the next Ups and Downs is going to be. Um, so yes, if uh, if lower decks could just hurry up and just arrive, that would be great. Um, so that is that is all that. Um, you can find me as well the Clone Star Podcast, which is our it's our longer form podcast. Myself, my co-host Joseph Hurley, uh, where we have been very fortunate. We spoke, spoke to the likes of Bill Drexler, Dave Blass. We've spoken to Aaron Walker, who is executive producer on Star Trek Prodigy. Thoroughly enjoyed that episode. I really do recommend. I recommend them all. But yeah, and then depending on when this drops, we have Fred Bronson who created Captain April, 
Uh, Eric Stilwell, who co-wrote yesterday's Enterprise, was on with us there this week. It was, it was it's been a lot of fun, and you know, some, some wonderful, wonderful people as well, members of the community. Um, my, uh, I kind of that's that's really. I mean, my final thoughts is just everyone open your minds. Closed minds have resulted in a lot of what's happening in the world today. Open minds is how we beat that. Yeah, that's that's kind of I suppose that's all that needs to be said. I think on that. Um, I saw on your website real quickly. I forgot to ask. I just looked at my notes. I was like, oh, shoot. Um, you've written books? I have. I have written two novels. Um, I've written a third, but one is sitting in a drawer and will not see the light of day. Uh, okay. But that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I've written two. They're available on Amazon. They're available both Kindle and hard, uh, paperback edition. Uh, they're called Down to the Bridge and Shadows in the Stars. Uh, I'm pretty proud of them. I won't lie. But I do hope that, you know, if, if you do have a read, be honest, if you hate it, let me know. I can take it. I'll just say that you're a terrible person and you need to be open-minded. Uh, but yes, so they are available on any of the Amazon.com, UK, any of them. Um, and yeah, I, I hope hope that if you do pick them up, you enjoy them. And if you don't enjoy them, we never met. Okay. Um, right. Thank you so much again. Um, I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, this was great fun. Um, I hope you had a good time as well. Very, very much so. Very much so. Thank you. So my, 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 myself in the future will now play us out. So. <laughs> Thank you, past me. Once again, that was Sean Farrick from Trek Culture and the Clone Star Podcast. You can find his social media links in the description below. Uh, but they are Trek Culture, Clone Star Pod, and Sean Farrick on Twitter. Primarily, he is on instagram which is linked below but he uses his twitter most prominently so so sorry it took so long sean uh but i hope you had a good time and i hope the listeners did too uh please check him out on his shows and uh, social media look i especially recommend watching his ups and downs uh for the star trek episodes they're a lot of fun um and sometimes uh you know, he catches things that i didn't see and makes my own uh breakdown of those episodes much better well no it's my turn Conversation is part of the Fake Nerd Podcast family of podcasts, which consists of multiple shows, including Fake Nerd Podcast, a general pop culture show. Uh, you can join us live every Sunday for that show or listen and watch it after. Uh, we recently covered all the Indiana Jones films leading up to the premiere of Dial of Destiny, which is next month at the time of this recording. Uh, and my co-host will be doing Fast X this coming weekend if you are listening to this when it comes out. If not they've just probably done Fast X. Some of the other shows you can find are Fake Nerds Watch, which I mentioned a few times in this in this show, in this episode, during the interview. Um, that's a TV discussion show, and we just wrapped up our discussions on The Mandalorian and Star Trek Picard Season 3. Um, and we're taking a bit of a break till the next big show, which I think is Secret Invasion, but it might be Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Either way, check them out. If you like Star Trek, check them out. I had a, I had a great time doing those. I'll mention more about those later on uh, there's basement arcade basement arcade pause menu animation station fake book club and our newest show the real score the real score brings jeremy Vellucci, uh, the man who composed all of our themes for every single one of our shows you heard his music at the beginning at the top of the show that's him uh so to the to the forefront uh to discuss film music with myself and sparks one of my co-hosts of the fake podcast our first episode discussing the Batman score is up now, with the new episode discussing the Mask of Zorro's score upcoming. We're a little bit behind, but it is coming. Uh, so give that show some love. Give it a like. Give it a subscribe. There's a separate audio feed for it. Give it a rate rating. 
it did really well. I'm really happy with it. But, you know, we like validation here. Links to all these shows, though, can be found on our social media. Uh, but again, our website's currently down. So stay tuned for when that will be up. I'll post about it. We also have a Patreon and Tee Public store. If anyone is interested in financially supporting us, the new conversation logo will be up soon. I keep forgetting to do that, but it will be up soon if anyone wants that. Uh, lastly, please give this show, Conversation, some love on social media at Conversation. Uh, that's Conver underscore Station on Twitter. Uh, I really love putting this show together. And I'm grateful so many people have reached out to me to tell me they like it. But please leave a five-star review uh, on your podcatcher of choice if you could. If you've been on it, I won't tell anyone. Also, if you'd like to be on the show or send me questions or letters or things, uh, that is Conversation Pod. All right, well, that's enough for me. Thank you for the support, as always. I still have some excellent guests to come that I can't wait for you all to hear. In roughly two weeks, it might be delayed because I'm going to Canada tomorrow. Uh, but around that time, you can listen to episode four of the season, which will feature Cookie from Just a Little Podcast. Cookie is a good friend of mine and uh, and the show, but he was primarily my co-host for the Fickner's Watch series that I did on all the Star Trek shows. Um, unfortunately, he will no longer be that, but still... Hey, love the guy. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. I'm actually going to play a little bit of the episode now. When you would read a comic book, the pages would come to life based on your imagination. We we had these action figures. You'd go and get these G.I. Joes. You'd get your Star Wars um, Kenner figures, and you would go and play out Hoth, or you'd go and play out different comic book eras throughout your childhood. Like, I remember picking up Savage Dragon. And picking up my little action figure sad and playing that out, and that's what came to life for me. These, Isn't that weird? Isn't that wild? It, there were there were Savage Dragon action figures. <laughs> it's insane. All right, guys. Until next time, stay true to the fan in you.